Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, after the drama of last night and all the draws, we had a night of five wins in the Premier League. And it wasn't exactly the best night of darts I've ever seen. I will be honest, there will be a couple of games on there that will definitely not be making the Sky Sports Gold uh, tournament by the end of the year. But what do we expect? It is a 16-week onto a finals night overall. There are going to be some bad nights, and this was one of them. Welcome along to day two of the Premier League Daily. Uh, By the way, if if you are new to this podcast, we don't mess about on this show. We call it as we see it, and we will tell you if the night was good, and we will tell you if the night was bad. And this one goes down as a bad Premier League night, as overall quality. Jonathan, let's talk some darts with you and review it. Joining us to do so is Luke Pickering and Scott Mitchell. Gentlemen, good evening. Luke, I shall start with you on this one. Am I being a bit too negative? Is it because is it because I've been tired off the last couple of days and I thought that bad was night that sorry, that night was bad? Because I didn't think it was that great tonight, I'll be brutally honest. I think you'd be hard pushed to find some highlights. You know, the opening game set the stall out as, as something that looked a little bit promising. D'Souza and Anderson was a good good match, but then what followed was just yeah, below par stuff for the Premier League. We're we're expecting this should be on paper, obviously not including Price, uh, the eleven best players in the world if we if we include him. But it just wasn't where we needed it to be tonight. The, the quality wasn't quite there, but. You know, you know, as you've said, we're not going to have 16 brilliant nights of the Premier League. So we've got to take the rough of the smooth. It wasn't the best, but some good matches lined up tomorrow. So there's plenty of chances to redeem themselves. Scott, your overall thoughts on the on the night, pal? Yeah, I mean, in the lead up to this, some of us were worried with the lineup that you would get nights where maybe two or three of the, of the fixtures just didn't excite you at all. Tonight didn't. It wasn't really the fixtures that let you down. You had the big name games that that also let you down as well with the entertainment. So yeah, I would say three out of the five games tonight were just complete write-offs. And when when there are more bad games than good, it's just a night to to move on from, isn't it? 
you're not wrong you're not wrong but unfortunately uh, really we ha- in our case we have to talk about it but i guess people <laughs> like the fact that uh, we you know it's a daily podcast so uh, so let's get to it there is only one place to start scott and we will start with that game between the world number two and world number three we all know the subplots alongside it obviously mvg uh wouldn't he's not playing with a tv tournament this year according to peter wright I'll tell you something, if Peter Wright plays like that throughout the rest of the year, he ain't getting close to winning a tournament. That game between the pair was absolutely dreadful. MVG, though, is back to the top of the league. He wins 7-2. He is, I think he's one leg ahead of Rob Cross uh, at this moment um, in time. Uh, Look, 91 plays 86 average. The pair of them were, let's be honest, frankly, god-awful. And you'll hear from MVG, and he will tell you the same in a moment when we play the interview. But your overall thoughts on that, Scott, because especially after we built, everyone's trying to build up this rivalry, the supposed rivalry, the war of words between the pair, that just felt like just flatter than, I don't even know, flatter than a witch's you-know-what, generally. It was (laughs) god-awful. Yeah, no, it remains me a little bit of... The first age, sorry, the second Adrian Lewis against Gerwin Price. One moment when they had that Twitter spat, yes, this guy built yes. up as everything, and it was yes, that's a bad, that's not a bad analogy. That, yeah, it was just it reminded me of that. The the best piece of quality in that match probably came from Van Gerwen's interview after it, which probably <laughs> says it says enough about that game. It just honest to God, it was it was just painful to watch. There was no quality whatsoever with. Either of them, to be honest, I know that's harsh in a man that's one seven two, but I cannot. I'm sitting here struggling to think of anything to talk about in that game, and the only thing comes to mind is the fifty six from Van Gerwen, where he let out a roar that made you forget that Gerwen Price wasn't actually in the arena. So for for that leg and a bit, he pumped up and he was firing, but everything that surrounded it was pure travel. I mean, you look at it. Luke, and obviously the game actually started quite close in the end. It was two apiece. I think both of them were trying to find their way into the game. Wright then misses the chance to go 3-2 ahead. And then obviously Van Gerwen takes advantage because that's what he does. Uh, and then reels off five straight legs. But before those last seven darts, I think I saw a stat from um, Atfield Darts 501, a uh, brilliant, brilliant journalist over in Germany. You mentioned the fact that it would have been MVG's lowest ever average in the Premier League, apart from those last seven darts. It was interesting, really, to see a Van Gerwen that wasn't on top form, yet still managed to come through 7-2. Is that a quality on Van Gerwen, or is that just how bad right was? Well, as you say, we're going to call it how it is. For me, personally, I think Van Gerwen was getting very happy with himself for such a dismal performance. Now, whether that's because his standards have lowered ever so slightly with not winning so many tournaments, I don't know. But, you know, there was a lot of celebration going on there. And to be honest, as we've said, it, it, it was drivel. It, it was a poor game from both. Wright just didn't turn up. It didn't put enough pressure on Van Gerwen. But yeah, it's ridiculous that that could have been Van Gerwen's lowest average. And unfortunately, that seems to be the, the case. You know, we're, we're seeing some players on the constant rise. Van Gerwen at the minute. I don't think that fall is quite... Uh, quite at its, uh, at its trough, so I still think there's a little bit to go. Van Gerwen just doesn't seem to be the same player that I once knew him as, and, and we all once knew him as. But yeah, he got the job done today, 7 2. But I don't think his next few games are going to be that easy. And I think we could see him slip up a few times. I, I still I struggle to see him finishing top of the league. I, I don't think he's quite as imperious as he once was, but it was enough. And 7 2, top of the league for now, he'll take it. And as he said in the interview, that you know that's enough for him to get over the line. 
Yeah. Scott, before we play the MVG interview, um, a word on right. One point uh, got now from two games. A shocking performance in on night two. Is the pressure ever so slightly on Snakebite? After, particularly after the comments, particularly after how bad... Well, after he won at the Super Series and all the other things that's been on side. Is, is the pressure starting to, to get a little bit... How important is next week's game? In particular, well, sorry, next yeah. night's game. Tomorrow yeah, so night's game. Just... I think it's about to say it's about to say next week. I still feel like it's a seventeen-week thing. <laughs> oh, next really night, tomorrow night, tomorrow night's game against Gary Anderson. Because if he loses that, he's right in the mix for the relegation battle. Yeah, yes, and if we're being honest, yesterday he's he's brilliant finishing. And as bizarre as that sounds, they're going to say he's brilliant finishing, build him out of what would have been pretty sloppy average, and it was really poor scoring to be honest as well so yeah I, I think it's fair to say because after Anderson I know you can't look too far ahead after Anderson it's Vandenberg who isn't exactly what we form just now this week is he so yeah I what was it two and a half legs into that match he lost confidence in the darts that was going totally totally with Van Gerwen changed to another and if anything it went down a gear I, I think they don't have to look at his opponents to say that he's going to struggle. We just have to look at how he's playing and how he's not really finding an easy avenue out of, of this form. So, yes, in a nutshell, I think he is in a bit of bother. And Anderson is not a man I'd want to play to try and get himself out of that. Yeah, you know, obviously, so you've got Gary tomorrow, Dimitri van der Berg off the back of that, and then finishes off against the resurgent Rob Cross, which we will come on to in a little bit there. So, Peter Wright might need a, might need a win. Just to remind everybody that he's in this battle to win it. Uh, but a man who is currently winning the Premier League at the moment, certainly at the top of the table, position he's very familiar with, is Michael Van Gerwen. Beats Peter Wright 7-2 to go back to the top of the league for the first time, I think, and since like night 10 or 11 in the Premier League last year. I'll tell you what, I'm going to check that while you listen to his interview in his press conference. Michael, many congratulations. A win over your rival, Peter Wright. I know you're not happy with the performance, but is two points all that matters on a night like tonight? I can't show my pocket now, but they're lovely in there, the two points. Nah, I, I didn't really perform well, to be fair, but I did enough to win the game. And uh, it, it's a long time ago I win two points like this. And uh, I can only go, yeah, learn from this because I put myself too much on the pressure. I want to win to make sure I was catching the other boys. And I was making myself a little bit difficult, but that's part of that as well. And you need to handle the, the stuff. Is that a nice change? Because you've lost with stunning averages on TV in recent tournaments. So to get a win when you're not at your best must be a nice change. Not my best. This is an understatement. I played crap. <laughs> but, uh, to ask the two points then, it's really, really nice. After not getting the win last night, was it important not to go two games without a win? Because last yeah. year, friendly, you get you have so much to do. Listen, that's why I put too much pressure on myself because I didn't want to walk behind the other guys, you know what I mean? Because I'm I'm better than that. And I, I, I need to keep believing myself, keep investing in myself and work hard. Because they, when you do that, it gets paid out. And uh, I know it's not always that easy, but I'm capable of doing it. And uh, it takes some doing, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to more game tomorrow. Do you think Peter put too much pressure on himself with some of the comments he made? Yeah, probably. But we all know Peter. We all know what he's doing and... Yeah, he's, a bit, he's always the same, and he says things maybe he shouldn't say. 
Christian, he's better. He's better off, I think, concentrating on his own game, man. I think that makes him a better player. Just looking ahead to the rest of the, the, the week, have you set yourself any targets that you want to be at before the second block? Like tonight, top of the table. We love that place, isn't it? Well, it's where you normally are. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I should be. Isn't it? 100%. No one should be above me. Otherwise, I only can blame myself. So I, I need to make sure I keep working hard. Speaking of that hard work, is losing the world number one spot and obviously not winning the world title, was that giving you that hunger and drive back? Yeah, of course. You're, but you always have to be hungry. And maybe there's a wake-up sign for me. Hey, Mike, you need to do a little bit better. But uh, overall, I, I'm, I'm doing the best in all the tournaments. So I have to believe in my own uh, abilities and my own opportunities. And I can do some more damage. Michael, pleasure as always. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Michael, um, I don't think I've seen you roar at the board that much for a long time. Were you just trying to fire yourself up because there was nothing really coming back at you from Peter tonight? No, no Peter played crap, to be fair. And uh, uh, when someone does that against you, you need to make sure you, you take advantage and uh, don't make the same mistake as he does. And it's not always that easy, but you need to make sure you keep your head and you keep your focus going. And yeah, a win is always nice, especially over Peter White. Simple. Did it just feel like a really big game tonight, obviously, given all the build-up coming into it and all, all the pre-match ah, comments? Uh, the press is making it too big. Everyone knows when I'm playing my game, yeah, it's not a game for me, and they all know that. But, uh, yeah, all the people any, are different. Was there any banter between you in the practice room beforehand? Yeah, no, no, in the practice room. Me and Peter, don't get me wrong, we always have banter. And he, but he says things after his games that he thinks, hmm, should have said that, but then he's already too late. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's one of them things. I just need to make sure I do the, the right thing for myself and I shouldn't look to the other players. You feel like you've got your worst game out of the way with nice and early and you can, you can press yeah, on now. To win my games with 92 average, happy days. <laughs> All right, thanks, Michael. Well done on the win tonight. Yes, thank you. Uh, just just one from me, Michael. Um, oh, is... <laughs> uh, is um... The missing out on the playoffs last year from the Premier League, a big motivation factor this year. Yeah, of course. I, I played really poorly last year in the Premier League, especially in the, in the, in the last session of 10 games. But you have to learn from things. And uh, when you don't perform to what you're able of, then you need to make sure you keep your focus going and make sure you invest in yourself and make sure you do the better. And uh, when you lose games, it doesn't matter. But as long as you keep investing and keep trying to to, to beat your own um, you have to try to beat your own confidence trying to do even better that's really important i think in that brilliant thank you very much michael you're welcome michael you said before that it, it, i think you described it as crap the performance um it must still yeah. be pleasing really, that you're really not poorly. the top it, it must still be pleasing that you're not at the top of your game, but you're still winning games emphatically like that. I know for a fact when, I, when I'm on a game, I win most of my games. But uh, to win games like this against Peter White with a 9-2 average, yeah, that gives me uh, yeah, a good feeling. Because I'm not Peter. used to it normally when I play 105, but someone else is playing 107. So, uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with it. Peter's comments before the game, did that spur you up even more going into it? Uh, I, I, I don't really care whatever Peter White says. Uh, he needs to make sure whatever he says, he's also going to do it. 
Uh, you can say whatever in the interviews, what you're going to do and what you're saying, but you also have to do it on the stage, and that's the big thing. Three points from the first two nights. Have you set yourself a target for the rest of the week? Yeah, and the top of the table, where I belong. Standard. My standard, where I belong, yeah, exactly. But you still have to do it. I can have a big mouth now, but with a 92 average, you need to shut your mouth, make sure you get back to the practice board and play better tomorrow night. Cheers, Michael. Oh, he's in a playful mood there, is Michael Van Gerwen, with a very playful mood indeed. I'll tell you what, as a promise there, listener, I was going to double-check uh, where, where when was the last time Michael Van Gerwen was top of the league. And in fact, it's week seven of last year's Premier League. After week eight, or night eight it was in, in that sense, Glenn Doran did not give up top spot. So he's only ever been top of the league for one night in Milton Keynes, as Michael Van Gerwen. So uh, it's a position that he's familiar with, obviously. A position he hasn't been for a little while. Will he be able to stay there? Obviously, he's got uh, Rob Cross tomorrow, uh, which we will talk about a little bit later, I'm sure. Let's move on, though, uh, Luke, and let's talk about Dimitri Vandenberg against Nathan Aspinall. If you had to pick a game of the night, this would be one of the two. Because for me, Aspinall, I don't know whether he blew it because he didn't really have like match starts. Obviously, he had chances to, to go and get the draw. But Dimi has yet to be defeated in his first three matches in the Premier League. And he showed why there. He, he showed the heart of a, of a champion there, to be fair to Dimi, I thought. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I was impressed with both because I think both of these have been written out as two of the players that were perfect for relegation. And actually, in the first few games, and I'm not just saying this because we've got the win, because it's more the way they've gone about the performances, but they both played quite well and showed a lot of spirit and a lot of heart. And I think both showed that in that game. You know, there's some huge finishes coming in from Nathan Aspinall. And yet, Dimitri Vandenberg held strong himself and came back and threw some punches himself to get that 7-5 win. But yeah, as you say, hasn't lost yet. He's in a really strong position on three points already. And I know he saw, I'm sure he said in the interview that he, he thought he was pretty much safe already. I think he's going to need a minimum of about five points to be safe. But who knows, with Glenn Durant coming up tomorrow, who's off form, uh, Dimitri Vandenberg could well be on his way after week three to survival and then and then progressing into the playoffs. But in the game tonight, yeah, I think Nathan Aspinall, he, he, was, he was there or thereabouts. I don't think his form is too bad. A lot of people were, were sort of saying he was, he was going to be nowhere near before coming into the tournament. But... Dimitri Vandenberg is starting to show the heart of the champion ever since he won that world match player. You know, he just looks like a different player. I don't know whether you've seen the same sort of thing, but the confidence just seems to be exuded off him now. Every time he gets on that stage, he's brilliant and he's just getting better and better. Yeah, I mean, Scott, this is an interesting one about Ass because obviously he was the only player that could have had a 100% record after tonight's uh, action. Uh, this is actually the first, I think it's only the fourth time in league history, if I'm saying it correctly, that uh, we haven't had someone on a uh, 100% record after night two. So it shows you how tight this is going to be. But this is, I thought, the problem last year with Aspinall. Like, he only get he goes and wins a game and then he goes and loses one. Then he goes and wins one and loses one. And like he doesn't he doesn't really put a run together. And in nights like this where it's so condensed and you're playing night in, night out, you have to go on a bit of a run if you're gonna go and make this top four. Particularly how tight it's gonna be, Scott. No, you're you're absolutely bang on. Although if I was to argue against you, I would argue that he, he did that last year and he managed to squeeze into the playoffs. He put yeah. off a big result against Van Gerwen, but 
I think it was two weeks before that, he, he could beat to Rob Cross, and I think that was Cross's only win in, in the league phase. He also could beat to Gurney behind closed doors, but just the, he was lost to random people at random times and managed to still scrape through it, and it looks as if he could be doing that again. Looks bang on when he said he wasn't actually playing that bad in, in the way up to this. It's just he was getting beaten the first round of the Pro Tours, averaging like 105 plus in some of them. So mm. I think it just you just have to write off tonight. It's just bad, bad luck, and hope to repeat it next time with, with a better outcome. But not panic stations yet. I, I think I think I was actually quite impressed with him over the two nights. So, but although it's in two points, I, I still would chuckle with him. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Dimmy, obviously currently top four. We'll go through the table for what it's worth at this moment in time uh, once we've gone through the night. But Scott, we will stay with you and we will stay with you and talk about a man who is but, uh, uh, tipped by many, including yours truly, uh, to, uh, <laughs> to, to go down without a fight. But this is probably the best I've seen Rob Cross play these two nights, probably since his European Championship win back in 2019. Yeah. Like, he made a quarterfinal of a UK Open last year, yes, uh, and he made the World Series of Darts finals, fair enough. But, like, he made the quarterfinals really last year completely out of nowhere. He was eliminated last year in the Premier League. Everybody was, was asking pre-tournament, going, why the hell is he in the tournament? And now... He's come through it and he drew in his first game when it says that his suits are hitting six 180s. He's now gone and just gone and beat one of the more informed players in the world, James Wade. And he's only one leg different at the moment off the top of the table. Yeah, and week two had maybe calmed down with the last thing, but I 100% oh, yeah. get where you're coming from. Not, I like it. He's playing off the swagger as well. The swagger's back, the little sort of... The, Sorry, English smirk, as I like to call it, with you guys for, mm. for Hastings. I like it. Uh, listen, in both games, he's picked up three points and he's given his opponent opportunities, which they haven't been lethal on, which is shocking when when the second opponent was uh, James Wade. But no, no, I was been really impressed. I actually tipped him to win the Masters back in, in January, February when he was struggling a bit and he, he looked a mile off in that tournament, to be honest. So... To see him come up in the biggest stage he's, he's probably going to play in in the first half of the year with a swagger, with the scoring power back, it's 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 looking all up at the moment. And as you say, we're looking ahead a bit. It's a, it's a scary proposition tomorrow night with Van Gerwen, but with Peter Wright later this week is struggling as well. He could be sitting in five, six points come Friday. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the thing, Luke, you obviously talk about Wadey as well. I mean, look, yeah, anyone is available to have a bad night at the office and that's exactly what happened to Wadey today. I mean, you know, everyone must have thought, you know, it's his birthday. I think he'd wanted to be anywhere else but there <laughs> up on that stage today. Um, uh, you know, talk, you know, filling the amusement of for yourselves there, listener, about what he could be doing instead. Um, but Rob Cross, right, it, it, for me, this is a big, big moment now. He's on to three points. If he gets a win over the next two, what, over the next three nights... He's safe prior to judgment night. And that's a huge place to be. Yeah, I, I'm, I completely agree with you. But then when you look at the fixtures over the next three nights, he's got Mike Van Gerwen, Johnny Clayton and Peter Wright. So I would argue that they are potentially three of the, the four biggest players that he could have. So he's got a tough run of fixtures. But as you say, you know, if you can get, if you can string one win together, I think five points is going to be there or thereabouts for survival. But, you know, this is the tightest Premier League potentially we've ever seen. I know people have said that the lineup maybe it's not as strong 
But I only see one player who looks like a bit of a definite to go down. The rest of them, I think it's a lot closer than people were anticipating before coming into this. I know people were saying they were off form, but even the likes of Rob Cross and Nathan Aspinall, who maybe weren't coming in with such great form on the TV stage, seem to be picking it back up. And, it, and it's it's really tight. But yeah, you know, Cross gets dismissed all the time as this player that won the World Championship and that was it. But let's not forget, he does have a World Match Play title. He does have a European Championship title. He's a serial winner. And when the throw clicks and when he gets himself on form, he can do good things. And I think he dismissed James Wade quite easily there. He needs to get himself ahead. I think Cross is definitely a player that struggles a little bit under the pressure. But if he's well ahead, like he was against James Wade, he, he's not going to falter. And he, he dismissed him quite easily when he got the lead. So I was impressed with him tonight. And hopefully this is a sign of things to come because it would be nice to see him back to some sort of full form. Can you imagine, after all the flack that he's taken, gentlemen, can you imagine if he goes and defends that world match play title in 2021? He, he goes and becomes, like, you know, he's, he's the most recent champion at the Winter Gardens. If he were to do it again and go back to world number four, he'd be the World Cup captain and everyone will go, oh, oh, right. And, and I've just had a thought about this and appreciate this is a very far-fetched scenario, night two in, and I'm sure we can play this back and laugh if he does get eliminated. But let me just, let me just throw you this now. This mythical triple crown that a certain television network uh, <laughs> put around to try and make their tournaments more interesting, not mentioning any names, of course, Sky. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, right. The point is, is that this he would complete the triple crown if he were to win it. For a one major wonder, right? To complete, he's won the world, he's won the match play. The only one of the Triple Crown that he's not won is the Premier League. And he's made the final of that. So, is he finished? Is he this, you know, this one-hit wonder? I don't think he is. And if he, like you say, look, if the, if the throw clicks, it'd be very intriguing to see what a Rob Cro what damage Rob Cross could do. If he goes and beats Van Gerwen tomorrow, and again, I stress, it's a massive if, everybody will look and go, where the hell has this Rob Cross been for the last... 18 months, even longer. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I do worry a little bit that the average isn't quite where it needs to be to beat Van Gogh and even on his potential B slash A game, depending on, again, he's not on full form. So we'll have to see where he can get to. But if Rob Cross can get himself up to those high 90 averages and, yeah, as you say, it takes the scalp of Van Gogh and where does that put him? He's going to be coming in with so much confidence against the likes of Wright, Anderson and all them. And I think not only if he gets into the top four. But if he could beat Van Gerwen and then start pushing and thinking about trying to win the league phase, how much confidence would that give him going into the playoffs? So I think Rob Cross, you know, this could be a bit of a research. There's no pressure on him. He's dropped out of the top four. He knows that to get in the Premier League next season, he needs to do something special. But what a way that would be. Go and win the Premier League and you'll be in as defending champion. That'd be nice and easy. He's qualified for next year if he can win this. So let's see what he can do, but no pressure on him. And let's see, could he win the world match play once more? Who knows? Can I just he was out of 2020. He played pretty pathetic for the full year. The, the, the man was about four legs away for beating Gerwin Price in a TV final at the World Series. Yep. So, and he's yep. worst ever, absolutely tragic year. He, he still nearly did it. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it's yeah, just also, it's, it's a surprise package at everything. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's probably one of the very few players in the field, and there's probably only potentially three, maybe four at this moment in time. Price, NBG, Cross, Wright, and Ando, they're probably the only three, in my opinion, sorry, the only, the only few in my opinion, that could win, the, win a major while playing their B game. Cross has done it twice in 2019. Let's not forget that. Uh, we've got to move it on, though. We have to move it on. And uh, I'll tell you what we'll do, Scott. We'll come to you, uh, because obviously one Scott didn't particularly do well tonight. But the other one, I thought for me, this is the performance of the night for me tonight. 6 180s from Gando. Um, he survived darts to, uh, you know, the, the, to Susu would have got a draw. Um and eventually he goes and hits double, uh, was it double seven, if memory says me correct? I think yeah. it was, wasn't it? Double seven with his last dart in hand uh, after missing the double 11 and when it going, hit the single eight on a one four two shot, which, you know, is an, an unorthodox way of, uh, of, of cleaning up one four two in six. But but there we go. Um, big, big win this for Gando. He moves on to three points. And th- th- that's that amazing stat that I think, since 2014, every single Premier League he's played in, he's been in the playoffs. The man knows how to do it in the Premier League. Well, it definitely does. And there was glimpses of like 2018 Gary Henderson and that. You've seen some of the scoring phases were just sublime. But yeah, they opened up with back-to-back turn plus finishes, didn't they? 112, 145. The, the, the big Achilles heel as always the Dublin and it, when that when those two darts at double seven were just an outside wire, I did have my doubts as to whether he's just gonna be fuming in the post match interview again. But two two points tonight, point last night, he's already picking up momentum. I reckon he'll come out of this week with six points probably minimum. So Oh, yeah, if I want to draw on the feet again. So, yeah, he's gaining that momentum. He likes playing in these blocks so that he can do that. And it would take a brave man to back against him with that stat. Yeah, certainly. And, and, and like, this is the thing. Because I, I wrote off Gando because, Luke, because I didn't know how much practice he was going to be coming into in most days. But this is an intriguing one, I think, now, the Flying Scotsman, uh, for Gary's point of view. But also, as well, Jose. He missed a dart in order to get a point. And I, I don't think it's disastrous for him. That's the key. I don't think it's absolutely disastrous. If he gets a win, I mean, he's got Johnny Clayton and then he's got Nathan Aspinall and then he's got Dimmy as well. If he can get, you know, three points out of that over the next couple of days, I think he's pretty much safe in his first season and then can go and try and attack the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think tonight's performance, you know, he was 4-1 down. He showed a lot of resilience to come back. And I still don't think he, he's quite at full performance yet. You know, he, he's coming at the tournament, hitting more 180s per leg than any other player. But uh, as what we've seen so far, we've not just not seen the 180 hitting. The, 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 uh, the power score is not quite there. His last start seems to be coming in clutch quite a bit. But, the, you know, the first two darts are letting him down. So I still think this, this performance there for Jose de Souza. He did get a little bit lucky yesterday against Cross to get the point, which was critical and obviously a bit unlucky today. So swings and roundabouts, but there's plenty of chance for him to pick up points. And for me, I definitely don't think he's in these bottom two players in this Premier League. So I think, again, as you say, he'll build on it, get himself towards the sort of the six point mark by maybe week six or seven. And then from that point onwards, he, he can start trying to build a run for the playoffs, but it's wide open. And I think this is going to be the sort of match where should he get through, 
this second match against Anderson could be absolutely critical because I think these two are going to be right on the cusp of getting into that top four spots. Although Anderson, on tonight's form, the 1A hitting from him looked absolutely perfect and the scoring looked really good. It did look back to sort of prime Anderson. So maybe without Price, you know, he is the most recent world finalist uh, if we're not mm. including Price. So there's a little bit of form there in the biggest tournament of them all. Yeah, he's, he's going to be taking something good from that. But uh, yeah, it was a really good game. For me, that was the game of the night. And it was, it was, it was hit and miss. At times there was Anderson firing and then D'Souza come back and in, but it was really good to watch. And, and both players, I think, will be in the top six, at least in the Premier League this year. Speaking of a player who probably won't be with the rate that he's going, unfortunately, but I, look, I don't want to kick the man while he's down because he's one of the nicest blokes I've ever met. And I, and I don't say that lightly, but Glenn Duran, he, he just, I mean, it, it's heartbreaking in a way because you never want to see a bloke or any player for that matter, you know, any person for that matter, just completely devoid of confidence. And that is what he looks like at this moment in time. It was a very comfortable win for Johnny Clayton. It almost looked like it was going to be the 12th whitewashing in Premier League history. Um, Clayton goes and wins 7-3. He obviously moves now. He's also level with Rob Cross um, in terms of, uh, in, in terms of where he's in, in the league. We'll go through the league table a little bit, but, Luke, this is just, this is getting, I mean, this isn't a crisis anymore. This is now a worry of, has Durant reached his peak? Uh, you know, it's so hard because two too many times I've come on here and, I, and I've, I've commented on how bad his performances have been, but nobody cannot feel some empathy for him. Standing on that stage, you'd have done it if you play darts just in your own personal life and you've just not, it's not clicking, but you have to go up there and play it. Nine of the best players in the world, you've got no rest. You're literally just going to have to go up there and, and take your punishment realistically. It's not, it's just, it's not even his fault, but these guys are relentless. And Johnny, Johnny Clayton averaged 98 and still managed to make that look hard work. I want to give Durant some big credit because uh, Four or five nil down, it, it did look like it was going to be seven nil. He came back and did get three legs on the board, and that might do something for his confidence. But uh, as for winning matches, I don't know where they're going to come from. I don't know where the points are going to come from, and it does look like he he may finish on zero points even, which would be an absolute disaster. But it, it was one of their matches for him. It, he's just going to have to try and build it. I do think Johnny Clayton's going to be in the top four, so at least he's got one of their matches out of the way. But Durant, where do you draw your confidence? That the throw looks okay, but the darts are landing the board so awkwardly. And I don't know what's changed because he looked off form in sort of October, November, but now the darts are landing even worse than they were then. It just looks like it's going on a, a gradual slide. But I'm hoping this is the bottom of the curve and, and we start to see him rebound a little bit because he, he needs something to get him fired up again. You need to Premier League champion. And less than a year ago, he was on brilliant form, but it's just a constant slide. And I'm, I am hoping to see his performances turn around, but that was a tough one to take tonight. I mean, uh, Scott, he's only hit 180 the entire one 180 the entire tournament, averaging 88.39. You, you can't be doing that if you're going to go and uh, and compete in tournaments. But I guess the I guess that the silver lining for Durant at this moment in time, and obviously give credit to Clayton, he's come through and done well. Durant's got Dimitri Vandenberg, and then he's got Anderson and Wade before the end of the week. He's got to get some points in that game, in one of those games, at least just once, trying to get himself off the mark. But Wright, Wade and D'Souza are all on one point at this moment in time. 
how crucial is it that theoretically, I mean, appreciate the leg difference is not a help at this moment in time, but theoretically, if he was to win tomorrow night, he would get out of that relegation zone. No, no one's properly jumping away from him just yet. Yeah, I think if he was to pick up two points against someone I don't, I don't know or don't care who it's against, I think it, it would spring him back into life, give him that confidence that he needs. But I, I don't think that's going to happen, sadly. And more crucial, I, I don't think he thinks it's going to happen. We've mm. seen some PVC uh, articles before it came out in the headline read from Glenn Dunn. I, I don't want to be going up on stage in front of millions and get beat 7-0 every week. That's... Like, like, come on! He's the Premier League champion coming out and saying that. I, I understand that's that's just an honest assessment from him. And I applaud his honesty. But if that's your mentality going onto the stage, you're just not in a good way to be winning matches, let alone tournaments. So, yeah, sorry, Glenn. I thought they'd go through my head at four 0 five 0 It wasn't a nice one. I, I don't mean to sound nasty when I do this, but just he could be crucial in terms of the relegation battle, just in terms of how much the other players beaten by yeah and that's that's not a thousand I don't want to be saying that but I think that's where his, his mental state is right now and I'd really think if he was to get a win against someone it would kick start him but I don't think even me or Glenn believes that's going to happen just a quick one on Clayton mate as well good performance there. he's got three or four points potentially um you know he everyone assumed that he'd be in the top four and he's there at this moment in time I don't think I can't see him being out of it even before <laughs> Judgment Night at this moment in time. I think he'll be staying in it for a long time to come. No, it just looks so slick, doesn't it? I think Luke said uh, 98 average and made it look difficult. He's bang on it. He missed some some doubles, just crosses the doubles to, to, to whitewash Glenn, really. So I'm chuffed for Johnny, to be honest. When he got his challenger place a year or two ago, he just ran into like a prime Michael Smith where everything would just gel from it and they get absolutely battered. And it was a shame. I remember this shot when, when the winning match double went in for Smith and they panned to his, his daughters in the audience and they were just so polite clapping but they just looked sort of shell-shocked that their dad had gone up there played brilliant but got absolutely battered. And yet here he is, two years later, absolutely cruising it. I don't know if it would be the same in front of the crowds but... I think he's, he's by far the slickest and by far most informed man in this tournament and I'm really chuffed that he's got to this after what happened a couple of years ago Indeed, so let's just recap those results then uh, for you uh, on night two of the 2021 Premier League Gary Anderson 7, Jose de Sousa 5 Johnny Clayton 7 Glenn Durant 3 Dimitri Vandenberg 7, Nathan Aspinall 5, Michael Van Gerwen 7 Peter Wright 2 and then Rob Cross 7 at James Wade, three to end the evening. Get 32 180s hit throughout the evening there, so not too bad of a, of a night. Just It just didn't feel like it. It just didn't feel like a great night of darts tonight. But we move. Uh, let's just give you the table. Very, very early days. Uh, but uh, this is how it looks after night two. Michael Van Gerwen is back at the top. He is on three points with a plus five leg difference. He then is followed by Johnny Clayton, who's also on three points with a plus four leg difference. Uh, Rob Cross is in third. He's on three points with a plus four leg difference, but hasn't won as many legs against the throw as Clayton, which is why it's second and third. And then Dimitri van der Berg has got a plus two leg difference, also on three points. He's in the last top four spot at this moment in time because he's won more legs against the throw than both Ga the Gary Anderson, who is in fifth place on three points 
with a plus two leg difference, just like Dimi, but he's only won three legs against the throat rather than six like Dimi has. Nathan Aspinall comes next on two points with a plus two leg difference uh, with uh, with uh, that one there for him in sixth. Seventh, Jose de Sousa uh, on one point. Uh, James Wade also on one point with a minus four leg difference. Jose de Sousa's only got a minus two leg difference. Uh, Peter Wright is next with a minus five leg difference on one point. And then Glenn Durant, yet to get off the mark, zero points with a minus eight leg difference. That has to improve and has to improve quickly if Glenn Durant is not going to be uh, relegated by the end of Judgment Nights on the 22nd of April. Uh, let's just uh, go through those night three fixtures then for you and we'll give you our predictions for them. Rob Cross against Michael Van Gerwen starts us off. Are the PDC all right? Michael Van Gerwen playing in the opening match. Have they, have they, have they, met? well, I suppose the Champions League's on. That must be the only reason why they've done that, because that's just bonkers. Uh, Glenn Doran against Dimitri Vandenberg is second. Peter Wright against Gary Anderson then follows uh, Battle of the uh, former World Cup winners, world champions between the pair. It's an all Scottish affair. Looking forward to that one. Nathan Aspel against James Way is next. Then we round off the night with Jose de Sousa against Johnny Clayton. Gentlemen, it's now time for you to, uh, to join us and pick uh, winners and pick score lines. And we'll start off with a game that two nights ago, I thought that this game would be 7-1 Michael Van Gerwen and Rob Cross would be further in the relegation battle. Now I'm not so sure with the way that Cross has been playing. Um, I'll go first on this one purely and simply because what Michael Van Gerwen does in the Premier League is batter Rob Cross. It just ha It's just the way it works. Death taxes, Michael Van Gerwen smashes Rob Cross in the Premier League. I can't see how that doesn't continue um, because that's just, just how it works. I mean, I appreciate the law of averages. It means it has to change at some stage. But I think uh, MVG wins this one very comfortably. I think it will be a 7-2 uh, finish for... Uh, for MVG. Uh, Luke, where are you going with your pick on this one, mate? Um, I think I'm going to have to go for a six-hole draw. I do think Rob Cross is picking his form what? up. I think if he puts Michael Van Gerwen under a little bit of pressure and gets a lead, Van Gerwen might come back at him, but I'm going to go six-hole. Jesus. Brave? I've, you know, respect, but brave <laughs> is what I'd say on that one. Um Scott, uh, are, we, are we entertaining this madness that uh, that Luke is going on at this moment in time? Uh, I, you're forgetting the three guarantees in life is death, taxes, and Rob Cross is going to win a random tournament when he has no right to. I back Luke, weirdly. <laughs> I, I, I would also think it's six each. <laughs> are you going to six each as well? Yeah, he just does this out of the blue when he has no right to, and maybe, maybe this is the time. I don't know why. I, I've seen to back cross in 2021 for some reason, but I, I, I'm with him, six each. Well, all I'll say is, is that I've just gone through the, uh, where is it? Where's Rob Cross? Rob Cross has lost 7-2 to Michael Van Gogh, and I think he lost 8, did he lose 8-2 in, in the double header? Or was it 7? Was it still 7 at that time? Yeah. So he lost 7-2 to Michael Van Gogh in both times in 2018 in the league phase. He then lost 7-2 to him in, Card in, in Dublin in 2019 and then lost to him 8-2, I think, if memory serves me correctly, in the second league phase. Yes, he did on the 18th of April. So that was a definite one. Then in 2020, 
he was beaten by guess what the score was, gents? Seven one. <laughs> seven two. Seven oh, two. There you go. See? So so that's what happens. He's only ever won a minimum of two legs against him in a game in the Premier League. Appreciate the law of averages, but I just can't see how that changes. Michael Van Gerwen has his number. Uh, Glenn Durant against Dimitri Vandenberg is next. Uh, Scott, we will go to you first here on this one, mate. What are we? Uh, what are we thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Glenn. Dimitri just reminds me of an assassin these days. He just goes about his business. Everything's so meticulous. He knows what he's doing. And I'm trying to stall because it's very cruel that I'm going to predict 7-1 to Dimitri. What are we going with, Luke? Are we joining this one? I, I am going to go 7-2 to Dimitri. I think Glenn will win. Maybe he's just one or two legs, but I see a hammering on the way. Yeah, I... I just remember when Dimi beat Duzzer in the match play, completely out of nowhere, really, on his on, on route to his first major title. Mm. And I think I think this will be closer. I do. I, I think Dimi will win, but it will be tighter. I, I'd probably go for a 7-4. I think Durant is well, this is for me, this is the game he has to win if he's gonna stay in the race to not be relegated. But I think Durant won't win it. I think it will be a, a Dimmy win. I think it'll go, I'll go 7-4 on this one. Uh, moving on then to our next game. Big game this between Peter Wright and Gary Anderson. Let's let's say it right. Wright was dreadful tonight. Gary looking in decent touch after two nights. Um, Luke, I would normally go to you first because you haven't had a chance to, but I fear this is the chance for the for the Scotsman to make a statement on the English <laughs> fellow countrymen, really. Uh, Scott, where, where, where are you? Where are your fifty p going on this game? Where's your fifty p going, mate? My ten, Bob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything points towards Gary Anderson, and so I'm going to go from just his record against right, and this, he's got his number, and he's got the better form, and so I'll go seven four to Gary Anderson. Luke, are we making it another Gary Anderson victory? I am making another Gary Anderson victory. I'm going to go 7-5. I think it goes all 12 legs, but I think Anderson's going to nick it at the end. I'm going with a 7-3 victory to Gando. So one thing is for sure, everybody, back Peter right in your acker yep. right now. <laughs> um, that's how this thing works. But I, I'm with you. I can't see anything more than a Gary win at the moment. Right just doesn't look the same to me since he won that Super Series. Everyone was talking about that's the moment where he became alive and all that. But that, to me, looks like the exception to the rule currently. Um, with, with, with what Peter Wright is doing. And if he doesn't win this game tomorrow or doesn't get a point tomorrow, he's in huge danger going into the last few uh, days of this Premier League set in this first phase for me. Uh, Nathan Aspel against James Wade is fourth on. And Luke, this is a tight game. I don't really know where I'm going to stick me 10p on this game, to be brutally honest. I might just buckle out, but I will wait and see what you boys think first. Uh, do we... Think Nathan gets back on track, or or James Way gets back on track, or do we think there could even be a draw? We haven't had a draw for it feels like forever after having four draws in the opening night. Yeah, I mean that's that's where I see it going. I see a six-six draw. I think both players need points. Wade really needs points now, and I know we're still in an early phase, but I think he's got aspirations at the top four. And to be honest, set on one point is an ideal when you've got players that are two points ahead of you now. So Wade could really do with points. Uh, but Aspen let's play well, and I think he can nick one. So I think it's going to be close. I'm going to go with the 6 6. Going down the middle. Got a lot of time for that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, Scott, where are you? Uh, Scott, where are you thinking, mate? Where, where are, you, are you going to draw, join us on the bandwagon? Because I'll say it now, I, I, I'm going to stick down the line as well. I'm going to call it down the middle and go for a draw. 
I'm also struggling, and I promise I'm not going to mention Gerwin Price too much because there's no point in talking about him if he's not in. Well, this is meant to be Aspinall Price, and for me, that's that's one of the top three fixtures in darts these days. It's one of the most entertaining ones, and I, I don't think we're going to get the same level with uh, Aspinall Wade. I'm also struggling, but this is trying to be slightly controversial. I'll go Wade seven five. Just he's he's just a winner, isn't he? I'll, I'll give you that. To be fair, he does. But like, if, if anything, though, I, I'm more flinging towards Aspinall, to be honest, oh. with the way that he's been playing. If if I'm if if I had to, if I was forced to pick a winner, I think it would be Aspinall personally. That's what... <sighs> intriguing indeed. As is the final game, Jose de Sousa against Johnny Clayton and Luke de Sousa needs points. Clayton also needs points to probably try and, and, and stick with Michael Van Gerwen towards the top of the league. There's no doubt about that. But the Sousa needs points if he's going to make the playoffs. There's plenty of people have suggested he will do. Uh, where are we going with this final match of the night? He does need points. And I think Johnny Clayton isn't going to give him any. I think Johnny Clayton's going to beat him 7 5. I think once he gets pushed, I think the Sousa's going to give him a match. I don't think Durant really did tonight. But if Johnny Clayton gets pushed, we're going to see another one plus average. He'll keep him at bay. And I think Johnny Clayton is going to keep with Michael Van Gerwen and keep himself towards the top of the table. But yeah, I see Clayton winning 7 5. Yeah, fair enough. Scott? I think I'm going to back him. I think I'm more impressed and more assured with Clayton. But I think Jose is the man that, that could give him the most problems. But I just, I just don't see anyone being able to stop Johnny at the moment. So I'm going to cop out and I'm going to, I'm going to back. Look, 7 5, I agree. It's intriguing because I've got a funny feeling that De Sousa decides, you know what, tonight's the night and I'm going to turn up and we're going to go <laughs> and, and, and get in, and get into it and get into this Premier League and make a name for myself. I think Jose wins this and I think he'll win it 7-4, maybe even 7-3. I just three? think that, do you know what I think it is? I think it's the 180 hitting because the, the, De Sousa always has that one, there's one or two games a tournament where he just goes mental. And yes, we know he can't count. And yes, we know he goes mental on the checkouts in terms of going very unconventional ways. But what he is good at, very, very good at, is staying straight. And we know that he, on, on, on a time he can go and hit a 180. He's one of the best 180 hitters probably in the world. I mean, so far, his 180 hitting hasn't been tremendous. I mean, he's hit seven. 180s, which is uh, tied for fourth best currently in the league. But I just have, I just got that funny feeling that there's going to be one game where the Sousa goes mental on the maximums. And I think it's going to be against the Ferret. The only reason why I'm saying that, by the way, James, because I'm not on tomorrow. I'm having my, I'm, it's my night off tomorrow. So I don't have to worry about having to come <laughs> back and, uh, <laughs> and, and talk about predictions. So it's always a bonus indeed. But there we are. Uh, that concludes night two then of the Premier League Daily. Luke Pickering, Scott Mitchell, thank you very much indeed for joining us as always. Uh, so what have we learned? Well, we've learned that games between the world number two and world number three aren't exactly always that great. Van Gerwen defeats Wright 7-2. And once again, Peter Wright's comments come back to haunt him as Van Gerwen goes back to the top of the table. Dimitri van der Berg was 5-3 down, but four straight legs reeled off by the, by the Belgian. Sees the dream maker go back ahead of Nathan Aspinall 7-5, and he gets himself into the top four. Rob Cross, would you believe it, joins him in that top four. He beats James Wade 7-3, looking the best he's played for arguably 18 months, maybe even longer. 
Is this the time where Cross finally realises the player that he once was during 2018 and 19? Also, Gary Anderson survived darts for a draw from Jose de Sousa. But unfortunately for de Sousa, Gary Anderson finds double seven to win 7-5 and get himself three points from four games. The Portuguese man of scores is on one point in his debut season and he has to make sure that he gets some points tomorrow against Clayton if he wants to stay in that race for the top four. Johnny Clayton, though, continues to march on with ease. He beats Glenn Durrant, who is just struggling for confidence at the moment. 7-3, Clayton wins. Durrant, the only player yet to get off the mark in the Premier League. Uh, as you know, uh, you can read uh, all the reviews of the night, onlinedarts.com. You can read our uh, review on there. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel right now, Online Darts TV, where you can find interviews with Johnny Clayton, with Dimitri Vandenberg, and I believe Rob Cross. As far as I, as far as uh, as far as I remember, uh, I'm just going to go do a double check now. Uh, and uh, it hasn't quite popped up yet, but I don't know whether we got Rob Cross, so uh, I'll have to double check that. But certainly, you can read, uh, you can see interviews with Clayton, Vandenberg, and Van Gogh's uh, interview as well. You can watch that as well right now on online darts tv where you can also watch the online darts live league the modus darts uh, online live league with the only uh, station bringing you uh, coverage of that one other than the bookmakers uh, you can uh, watch that uh, in the morning 9 30 a.m as always so uh, make sure you watch that if you are working from home discreetly of course uh, don't forget as well that you can <laughs> watch as well that you can follow all the action from night three of the premier league seven o'clock on the live blog as well uh, you can follow that all uh, night with dan simpson who'll be joining that although I don't know whether he'll be able to continue to do that. If Durant does lose that game against Dimi, I think the tears will probably break his laptop. Uh, Cam is on the roundup, uh, Gob's on socials, and he's also hosting the pod tomorrow. Scott's going to be back to join him alongside Lee Boyce. So make sure, of course, that you join us for that in the morning on Thursday when you wake up. But from all of us here on Online Darts, it hasn't been the prettiest night to Premier League darts, but it's certainly still intriguing. Take care, enjoy it tomorrow, and we'll speak to you then. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 